don't ask me. All of a sudden, voices start appearing on Zoom. What can I tell you? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson. I'm your co-host, repping my basketball team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Got the second game of their series tonight. But right now, we're here to talk about football. Yeah, we're going to talk about football because you, uh, we were talking a little b-ball and you were sharing your disinterest in all the other games that That's I'm not like, true. so... That's not true. Not true. That's not true? Not true. You are interested. I'm interested, but I don't have to watch those games and I don't watch, have to watch them in full, but I must watch my Sixers. <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying uh, watch, watching those games. Um, the, the the Knicks series is really interesting. You know, you got it. The Knicks always seem to have a villain in Madison Square Garden. Somebody that's coming in that's really got all the all, all the uh, spectators juiced up. I remember back in the day with my Bulls, man. That was a big thing when they came to town, and you know, so. It's interesting watching those guys uh, uh, with uh, Trey. Um, what's his last name? Uh, Trey Burks? Huh? Bur Alec Burks? No, Trey. His name is Trey. Oh, Ice Trey? Yeah, Ice Trey. <laughs> Ice Trey. Give it to him, man. I love him. He took me to a couple of fantasy championships in basketball. Did he really? Did I love he really? him. First of all, after, he's, after he shoots the lights out, makes you call timeout, then he goes, Ooh, cold. It's cold in here. <laughs> liking him, liking him, man. Love you him. know, you, you got to have a nice villain, a good villain. And, and, I love you, but I got the Knicks in that series. You actually got the Knicks? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. All right, we shall see. We shall see. Well, you know, we already talked about my man um, from the Bulls, you know, and uh, – um, the things that he's been, you know, able to do as he came, as he's joined. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. You know what I'm talking about. Coach. Huh? Rose, Derek. Rose. 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 Yeah. You're killing me. Um, Derek Rose. Yeah. With the Knicks. Yeah, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just this is it's an interesting mix of people, you know, it's an interesting mix of people. What do you like about the Nets? Anything? No. <laughs> you got to like that fourth guy. What is his name? Joe Harris? Joe Harris, another guy that carried me to fantasy championships. Did he really? Yeah, you know why? Cuz he doesn't get he doesn't load manage. He plays every night. Okay. When Kyrie was out, he did the scoring. When Harden was hurt, he did the scoring. When Kyrie Irving could play, he handled the ball and did the scoring. Uh, I'm looking at him, and they're like, he has the highest three-point percentage in the league. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. He was lighting them up, man. He was. I didn't even know who he was. So, you know, you, you do all that fantasy stuff, it really helps you. All right. We started something last week. We started looking at the quarterbacks, the quarterback rooms in the NFL as they exist on the rosters today. 
So what we're going to do, we did the NFC last week. So if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not have an opportunity to see last week's show, go back because we'll, we go through every NFC team, the quarterback room. We talk a little bit about each one of the quarterbacks and there's some interesting quarterback combinations in the NFC. And there's some very intriguing quarterback combination rooms in the AFC. So uh, you ready to rock and roll with that, Mr. Dickerson? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. First up, we have the Baltimore Ravens quarterback room. Number three, there is not somebody I'm familiar with. Um, Mr. Kenji Bahar, 6'3". Um, we have Tyler Huntley came in. He's at 6'1". We have Lamar Jackson, the starter, obviously. And we have somebody that we like a lot, Trace McSorley. Um, our question last week was, could the backup quarterbacks main, I, I'm going to try to say it correctly this time, Ben, maintain the level of competition or competitiveness at the very least if the if the starter goes down at least for a few good games and is there anybody in that backup room that you feel could pick it up and really run with it so i'm gonna put it that way unless you have some other uh, approach you'd like to talk about no no i hear what you're saying and i also we've talked to this uh you know just in normal conversation in the past so I know kind of what you're thinking about and where you're going with this. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are the one team, I'm sure there's somebody else that will come along, but right now I can definitely tell you that the Baltimore Ravens are one team that are trying to do what you feel every team should do, and that is match your backup skills as closely as you can to the starter skills. They have Lamar Jackson. He is the starter. They've been backing him up with Robert Griffin III, and they also drafted Trace McSorley out of Penn State, who when you first look at him, you go, are you serious? But if you watch Trace McSorley play, you will see he's obviously not Lamar Jackson, but the kid can move. He can throw from the pocket. He can scramble. He can get downfield. He has a little bit of speed. Pretty savvy, too. He's a pretty savvy kid, yeah. Pretty well, savvy young man. I think that's what I liked about him the most. Yeah, yeah he went to Penn State, so, you know. He's, he's okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Penn State. <laughs> but now that Robert Griffin III is gone, they got from the Green Bay Packers, I believe, I know he did play for the Packers at one time, Tyler Huntley, who also is about as close as you're going to get to Lamar without being a starter. You know what I mean? They can't they can't bring Kyler Murray in as a backup. He's already a starter. So you got to do the best you can. And when you try to fit skill sets, Tyler Huntley probably would fit fairly well. All right? I don't know who Kenji Behar is, and I really don't care because if something was to happen to Lamar Jackson, most likely Trace McSorley would be the first guy off the bench. What are we drinking today? Glenn Levitt. 12-year-old single malt scotch whiskey. You know we're recording, right? Yeah, I know. We okay. always, we, we, this is now a thing now to find okay. out what you're, what you're drinking today. Okay, well, that's what I'm drinking. I am drinking it on ice because I know I got a long night, so I'm trying to pace myself. Normally, I drink this straight. 
right, good stuff, good stuff. So next up, Benny, we're going to take a look at your Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. Now, when you have a star quarterback like Josh Allen, I mean, bringing somebody off the bench, you know, you got to have at least a strong-minded backup. You know what I mean? Be able to come up knowing that they got some big shoes to fill. So who we have coming off of here that – has that type of mentality, a Mitchell Trubisky maybe, a Jake Fromm or a Davis Webb, a Mitchell Trubisky maybe. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky could probably go to Buffalo and be all the, the, the player that everyone wanted him to be all along. <laughs> and that is quite possible. I, I find it improbable but it is quite possible. Uh, at this point, I'm looking at Davis Webb, who um, has how many years in the league? Three? Uh, that's what it looks like, yes. Jacob Fromm, who I like Jacob Fromm in college. Jacob Fromm played for Georgia. Jacob Fromm was a pretty good college quarterback. Um, I don't believe, I can't remember if he was drafted by the Bills, but I think he was. So he's been in the quarterback room there for at least a year. Says he's got two years under his belt here. And then they felt the need to bring in Mitchell Trubisky, who is an NFL veteran and has been around for a little while and has been a starter. When you bring in a guy like a Mitchell Trubisky to be your backup, it leads me to believe that you don't believe that the quarterbacks that you have there already are ready for prime time if that happens, okay? So obviously Josh Allen is a star, is very difficult to um, mimic the skill sets that he has, but actually Mitchell Trubisky is not that far off physically, okay? Uh, they've got a lot of work to do with him and the playbook and their schemes and, and the way they like to do things. But and, and trust me, I like the Buffalo Bills. I hope like heck we never have to see Mitchell Trubisky. But if, in fact, we do, there's a good possibility he'll do well. Mitchell Trubisky has had his good days. And... A lot of times, you know, me, I'm pretty tough on the coaches. A lot of times I think that they lean too heavily on, you know, their athleticisms of their quarterbacks. Um, But, again, like you said, uh, Josh is 6'5", Mitchell's 6'2". Actually, I thought Mitchell Trubisky was a little taller than that. 6'2", seems a little short to me. I'm a little surprised at that height. Um, They're close to the same age, you know, so not much, too much difference. Josh Allen, obviously carrying some more weight there, about 17 pounds more, you know, so he's a load. There's no doubt about it. And you all, we always thought about Trubisky as a load at 6'2", 220. It's about a good linebacker size, but Josh is bigger than, he's bigger than, girth wise, he's not bigger than a lineman, but he is, you know, uh, uh, weight-wise, on par with the linebackers, you know, or more. So uh, that is an interesting situation there. 
Um, just taking a quick look at some of the some of the contracts that um, they they have over there. Mitchell uh, was brought in for about two million uh, for 2021. So he he's not really a big. His cap number is actually 22.5 mil. So I'm a little surprised that he's that 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 he's that lightly paid. They they guaranteed him, or they gave him a. Uh, they guaranteed him what. 1.5 of it. So he, he pretty much got all his money. So we'll see. But it wasn't a long-term commitment. They have uh, Jake Fromm under contract till 2023. So they must have had some, you know, much longer uh, idea for him. And in, uh, your Davis Webb has a contract through 2022, uh, totaling between 2021 and 2022, 1.8 million. So those guys, obviously, um, he has a much shorter contract time period. It looks like they were really depending on Jake Fromm, but you get an opportunity to bring in a Mitchell Trubisky and see how that works out and didn't really cost him a lot of money. Um, he, he sounds like he's almost in the, uh, the, the paycheck range of Cam Newton. Right. You know? Actually, so. making probably making less than Cam because – Cam obviously is a starter. Trubisky's a backup. It's his fifth year, so he's not far off of coming off of his rookie contract. So he hasn't even really had an opportunity to hit the big money yet. He would have had an opportunity to hit the big money if he, in fact, had been successful in Chicago. Unfortunately, the Chicago Bears uh, quarterback situation has been a dumpster fire for the last few years, including Nick Foles. So I know uh, Justin Fields is uh, holding his breath over there, but the fans are holding their breath, hoping that they see him sooner than later. The good thing for Mitchell Trubisky is now the pressure is off. You don't have a whole city depending on you to carry the franchise. You can be the backup on a successful team, a winning team, a successful franchise with a good coaching staff, obviously, that's improved their line. I, I'm looking my chops for Josh Allen. I, I really am. I think he's going to have a stupendous season this year. But, you know, that's not what we're really talking about. What we're really talking about is backup quarterbacks and the quarterback rooms for every NFC team. I think that the Bills have a good one. And their long-term plans are for Jacob Fromm. So keep Jake Fromm's name in your head. All right, there we go. That, that's the Buffalo Bills quarterback room. So next up, Benny, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is an interesting quarterback class because of Joe Barrow. And he was looking so good last year, playing so well for a rookie, and then he had his injury. So there's your starter. He's coming back. I hear he's looking good, feeling good, ready to compete. 6'4", 221. Behind him, you have Brandon Allen, 6'2", 209. Eric Dungey, D-U-N-G-E-Y, and Kyle Shermer. Okay, so that's your quarterback room for the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, this one's, this one's pretty easy. I don't have a lot to say, but what I'm going to ask you to do before I even start to talk is uh, do a real quick background check on Eric Dungy and Kyle Shermer 
and tell me if they are or are not the sons of Coach Dungy and Coach Shermer. In the meantime, there's no doubt about it that Joe Burrow is the leader of the Cincinnati Bengals and will be for the foreseeable future. At 6'4", 221, he's already shown what he can do. They've already improved under him. And even though he had an injury-shortened season last year, uh, he's shown a lot of promise. So I don't expect anything as far as uh, – basically all they got to do is keep him on his feet and everything's going to be fine for Cincinnati and they're going to become a threat in an extremely tough division in the AFC North uh, – AFC Central. Uh, that being said, first guy off the bench for them is going to be Brandon Allen. Here's a guy that's been around a little bit. Even though he's only been in, in, in the league for like five years – He's already played, I believe, for Carolina. Please, if I ever say anything wrong, by the way, you guys out there watching, please correct me. Please, you know, hit the subscribe button and do all that stuff. Leave comments. Let me know if I make a mistake about something. But I believe he played for Carolina, and I believe he may have put in a little bit of time with the Washington football team. But Brandon Allen has had some starts in the NFL so he would definitely be the first guy off the bench if, in fact, Joe Burrow was to get injured again. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, I believe that the Bengals have addressed the offensive line as best they could in free agency and in the draft, and they're going to try their best to keep Joe Burrow upright so that they can, can continue to improve. Well, let me first say that uh, I don't believe that that is Coach Dungy's son. Okay. Okay. Um, he would have had to have been probably adopted. <laughs> so, uh, and just taking a quick look at the contracts for, you have Kyle Shermer, correct? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shermer it looks to be signed through 2021. Uh, he has a cap number of about 660000 So he looks to be riding the, uh, the minimum there. Um, then you have Brandon Allen, who also has a contract through 2021. Cap number is about $1.5 So again, short-term contract there. Mr. Dungy is coming in with a similar contract Six point uh, six hundred sixty thousand contracted through twenty twenty one. So uh, it doesn't look like the the um, Bengals are looking for their quarterback of the future. I'm not sure if they have the the backup that they need. You can tell me a little bit more if you think that uh, they're they're the competitive backups. Well, all, all I can say is. You got to understand, teams don't draft backup quarterbacks. They back quarterbacks they believe will be starters. If they draft a quarterback in the first round, they believe he is their future starter and will probably start sooner than later. If they draft a quarterback in the later rounds, they're drafting him to be their quarterback of the future, but not the immediate future. I hope that I said that clearly. So 
if you if you draft a quarterback in the first round, chances are if he doesn't play that year, he's playing next year. If you draft a quarterback in the third or fourth round, the plan is that he will see the light of day in the next two or three or four years. Okay, you're grooming him to be your future starter. So a lot of teams don't do that, but what they will do is they will get former starters like Trubisky, or they will get former backups from other teams who have had the opportunity to be emergency starters like Brandon Allen. He, he's come off the bench for a starter before he's done it. So hence that's their backup. What do you think about that backup room though? Well, the other two guys are there to learn. Brandon Allen's there to be ready to play if Burrow goes down. Okay. 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 How much of a drop off do you think it is between those two? Uh, Joe Burrow is way better than Brandon Allen, but Brandon Allen has a lot more experience than Joe Burrow does. Brandon Allen's been in the league for five years. Okay. Okay. Good point. Good point. Good point. All right. That's Cincinnati and the Bengals, but we're going to stay in Ohio with the Cleveland Browns. Let's see if we can get the Cleveland Browns going here. All right. Here you go. Now, this is the first team that has only three quarterbacks listed on the roster on their website. Baker Mayfield, obviously, is the starter, number six, coming in. He's 26 years old, 215, 215 pounds. Kyle Lalletta, I hope I said that correctly, 6'3", 222, 26 years old, same age as Baker. And Case Keenum, Case is still hanging. Got Case coming off the... Coming off the bench, 33 uh, years of age. What's that, nine years in the league, Case Keenum? Uh, there you go, Benny. He should've, they should have kept him. Well, he was in uh, Minnesota, right? Uh, lately, he was in Minnesota, and he spent a little time in San Francisco. And he's probably been somewhere else, too, that I can't think of right now. When you've been in the league for nine years, it's kind of hard to track your – your, your movement, especially when you move around as much as, as he does. So he, he's basically a journeyman. And at this point, I would say he can take the title of career backup. Uh, the good thing is for Case Keenum uh, is that because he's a career backup and he's been around and he has a lot of experience and he's is exactly the same height and the same weight as Baker Mayfield, guess who's first guy off the bench if something happens to Baker Mayfield? Yeah, Case Keenum, Okay. Kyle Laletta, close to their size, actually a little bit bigger than the two of them, and he backed up Daniel Jones, and I believe he backed up, um, uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, I hate when my brain goes blank like that. He backed up Manning. Talking about Laletta? He backed up Manning, yes. Kyle Laletta backed up Manning, and I think he backed up Daniel Jones early. Uh, okay. Yeah, but he's only been in the league two years. So I think he I think he backed up Manning. No, he couldn't have done Manning. He was the backup for Daniel Jones last year. Yes. Okay. He was the backup for Daniel Jones in New York, Giants. 
So he's just a, you know, he's just a guy. Case Keenum is the backup. Well, and, it look, and Case Keenum can win games for you. Yeah. He's proven that. Yeah. I mean, he's not Fitz Magic, but he can come in and, and he can help you win, especially a talented team like the Cleveland Browns. Let's, let's, let me make this clear. For the Cleveland Browns to get Case Keenum as a backup for Mayfield, I think is a very smart move because they've made so many improvements on a team that was already on the rise that all he has to do is be a game manager at this point if, in fact, something was to happen to Baker Mayfield. So best-case scenario if for him to get playing time is if Baker maybe sustains a little injury, he can't finish a game, but he comes back the next week, or he sustains an injury, Keenum comes in, finishes the game, starts the next week, and then Baker's okay, something like that. You don't, you don't want him to have to carry you for four, five, six games. But if anybody can do it, he can do it. I'm just saying, he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. He, he, he's not going to screw up. He's going to hand it off to their dynamic running, uh, uh, their dynamic run game. And he's going to throw safe passes to good receivers. And he's going to keep that offense moving. I think he's a, a fine backup for them. He's not he's not Baker Mayfield, but he can get the job done if they need him to. Looking at the contracts, uh, it looks as if what you're saying is holding congruent to the contracts. Uh, as I look here at Kyle Laletta, he signed through 2021, 780,000 base salary. That's about his uh, cap hit. And when you look at Case Keenum, Case is signed through 2022. So he looks to have about 13, close to 18 million total contract uh, with them. So uh, he looks to be their, their backup, the guy that they're depending on. He's probably doing a little coaching in the background there, you think? Most veteran backups do. If, if the co if the team is smart, you better you know get all you can out of that. That's a, a he, great thing. He's the de facto quarterback coach. <laughs> when you say the de facto, eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, I, I I've always liked Case Keenum. I have to admit, you know, I like Case Keenum. So I thought he got a bit of a raw deal. But in any event, we're going to get ready to move on to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Now, talking about quarterback rooms, the Denver Broncos is the place that uh, was being bandied about as a potential landing point for one Aaron Rodgers. That's um, not going to happen. Huh? That's not going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen either at this particular point, but they were definitely in the conversation big time. I was a little surprised at how big time it was, but you know, you have to be in a, a real special position to be able to afford to make that trade, you know? So not everybody could even afford that. 
So let's take a quick look. I would call most of that conversation pure speculation. Again, like you said, um, the talking heads on television were basically running back and forth, looking at each team's salary cap situation, draft pick situation, uh, player situation, and trying to figure out where his landing spot would be according to what particular teams had to give up for him, right? But none of that really means anything. The whole Denver thing, I think, was – I mean, they, they might feel like Denver has the most to give to get him, uh, and they kind of got a little better chance than most NFC teams are concerned because if, in fact – uh, the Packers were going to try to trade him. They definitely would try their best to keep him out of the NFC. And them being in the AFC, obviously, they would try to, you know, they would look good there. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it ever was going to happen. I don't think they've even really even inquired about getting Aaron Rodgers. So I, I don't think that's a big deal story. Uh, what I will say, though, is I like this quarterback room the way it is, okay? We got Drew Locke here, who was drafted to be their starter, who didn't quite pan out, but in his defense, the Broncos have had a lot of issues. Early on, they had offensive issues and defensive issues. Lately, they seem to have fixed most of the offensive skill position issues and are beginning to build on their defense. The great thing is, again, and I've said this before, when you have a starter, but you don't really have your full faith in him, you have to get yourself a veteran backup or a veteran who can come in and compete for the starting job. That would be Teddy Bridgewater. Brett Rippon, however, has come off the bench and played well and shown that he can be a quality backup. So they actually have a pretty good setup here. So if they have a true competition and Bridgewater wins it, which is what I think will happen if in fact they do have a true competition, I think Bridgewater will win the job. Then you still have Drew Locke, Drew Locke and you have Rippon. Now who would come off the bench if Bridgewater started and he got hurt? I would have to think that they would go with Drew Locke simply because he's been there and he knows the playbook. So that would be my guess. Wait a minute, say that one more time for me. Okay. If Teddy Bridgewater wins the quarterback competition, if in fact there is a true quarterback competition in Denver and Teddy Bridgewater wins the quarterback competition, if something was to happen to Teddy, Drew Locke would probably be the first guy off the bench because he has been there. He knows the playbook. He knows the system. He knows. Yeah. He was the starter. He was the starter. Yeah. Obviously he would be the first guy off the bench. Now let's say there's not a true competition. This is why Denver is intriguing. There may not be a true competition. They may say drew lock. We're going to give you one more shot to be the starter on this team. We got you lots of receivers. 
We got your running backs. We got we fixed our offensive line. We're trying to get you help on defense. We're going to give you one more shot to do this, and Teddy's going to be the backup. And he's probably a high-paid backup. I know you've been looking at some of these salaries. If there's a high-paid backup, it would be Teddy. Okay? They may go that route. But if that well, happens... Very got- interesting that you mentioned this because, yes, I, if you're going to say high-paid, he has a one-year contract worth about $4.4 million. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So that's, that's... Yeah, those other guys were getting $1 million or less. Uh, yeah, because um, uh, Mr. Rippin? Yes. He has a uh, one-year contract worth one point five, right? Approximately. He's an emergency. He's the emergency quarterback, but he has started NFL games in an emergency. So he's a good guy to have. He has that experience under his belt. So you want to bring him in? System. Interestingly, Drew Locke. Uh, he's only signed through 2022. You know, again, he, t- he got that rookie contract. It was rookie deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's his 2021 hit looks to be about 1.9 million, and his uh, 2022 hit looks to be about 2.2 million. And so- that's why I said a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they got Teddy. Teddy's going to be the starter." Not necessarily. I believe that they will give Drew, Drew Locke every opportunity to be the starter on this team at least for one more year. And if, in fact, he earns that, they will feel good about their backup situation because they have Teddy Bridgewater. They're hedging their bets. They're setting things up, okay? And, and, and if, they, if everything falls that way, that's a good thing for the Denver Broncos. They, it's not like they don't want Drew Locke to succeed. Okay, they drafted him fairly high. I don't think I'm not sure if he was a first rounder or second rounder, but they drafted him to be their quarterback. Things didn't go well, but it wasn't because of him. And he had an injury. So they're going to give him every opportunity to prove himself. And having Teddy Bridgewater as a backup is not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. Uh, He was drafted in the second round, number 42 overall. There you go. Second round. So he was drafted to be the quarterback of the future, but not the immediate future. But they had a guy named Simeon. They had another guy. Those guys all fell through. Those guys were horrible. So they're like, you know what, Drew Locke, get out there. Let's see what you can do. But the team wasn't very good. And they've been through several coaches. So they can't blame him for those failures. But now they're in a place where they can give him a true opportunity to prove that he can do this. And if he does, that's a good thing. It won't be a good thing for Teddy because Teddy's going to probably stay there as the backup because I don't think he's going to get a chance to be a starter anymore. If he does, I'll be happy for him, but I don't know. All right. There you go. Let's see who we have next here. Uh, in the lineup for uh, the quarterback room, we have <laughs> the Houston 
<laughs> Texans. <laughs> mm. I mean, you know. Uh, all right. So I almost don't even want to talk about this team to tell you the truth. I don't, I'm not sure. I know. I know. I know. I know that the shadow over Deshaun and the whole scenario. First of all, for a fan of Deshaun, anybody who's been a fan is somewhat heartbreaking to have him even in the situation that he is in. Um, he has recently had some uh, training type video, like he's out there taking snaps, throwing the ball, you know, he's working on his football apparently. So uh, that came out, but you have Tyrod Taylor. And we talked a little bit about him. I think last week you said that you would have preferred rather than go to the Texans to get the needle in the lung. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yes, you did too. Get out of here. It's on, ladies and germs. Go back to last week, and you will hear him say that. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I tell you the truth. <laughs> there's worse things that could happen than getting the needle in the in the lung. And I don't know. This is, not a, this is not a great situation for Deshaun or anybody else to tell you the truth. I, I have no idea what's going to happen this season with Deshaun Watson. Things have been kind of quiet as far as this whole thing with the massage therapist and all is concerned. Um, Tyrod Taylor is obviously a career backup, but um, he fits there. If you're looking for a fit for Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor would be it. Davis Mills is a rookie. I have nothing to say about him, but Jeff Driscoll played for Cincinnati and has been a backup and has had to start games under in an emergency. Uh, he's a pretty big guy, 6'4", 235, throws the ball fairly well. He's not terrible. Jeff Driscoll is, is a decent backup. Uh, but I would, I would venture to guess that if, in fact, something was to happen to Deshaun, that Tyrod Tyra Taylor would be the first guy off the bench. Very interesting um, looking at Davis Mills. Uh, 6'4", 225, coming out of Stanford. Smart guy. Um, oh, Davis Mills. Okay, okay, okay. I know Davis Mills. Stanford. Uh, that's a shame that he landed there. It he, looks that he, like he got about a $5 million contract, even though uh, it's I'm, as as I'm looking at it in overthecap.com, I see it in one area, but the other area where they normally have your information and your totals, I don't see it. So I'm not sure what the situation is. Uh, but right now he has zero salary cap hit. Maybe that's why I'm not seeing anything there. So they must have just paid him. Yeah. Uh, he, yes, he probably just signed that as his rookie contract recently, if they actually have numbers for him. Davis Mills is a name that was mentioned along with Kellen Mond and um, Kellen Mond. He's up there with Kellen Mond. And, and, and the, was that uh, Trask? Who's the other guy? Trask and Trask. Yes, the, the 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 lower echelon of quarterbacks. After you got through, you know, Trevor Lawrence and all those guys. Right, right. On that second level, that's I I knew I knew his name, but I couldn't remember. All I had to do was look over there and see Stanford. I would have remembered. Yes. So guess what this tells me? It's funny. I don't know. 
remember this something else I want you to remember. Most people won't remember, but remember Ben said this. Davis Mills is the Texas quarterback of the future. That's why they picked him. Because with all this Deshaun mess going on, he's not going to be in, in, in Houston very long. If he plays this season, I won't be shocked. I will. But I don't think – okay. But I don't, if, I don't think he'll be around very long. He wants out, and I believe they want him out. So they brought in Tyrod Taylor to back him up if he plays – so that if something happens to him, Tyrod Taylor can come in and kind of do the same things that he does. Jeff Driscoll's the emergency quarterback, and Davis Mills is the quarterback of the future. Well, Tyrod. Here's the other thing. If Deshaun goes, Tyrod Taylor goes with him. Really? They, won't need, they won't need him anymore. Because... Because Davis Mills will come step up under, right up and be ready to rock. They'd rather have Davis Mills come up under Jeff Driscoll. They will start Jeff Driscoll for a year if they have to, to get Davis Mills ready. Trust me. Well, that's interesting. Um, Tyrod has a has a cap hit for 2021 of 5.3 million. So they paid him a little bit of money which maybe flies a bit in the face of what you're saying. Uh, Jeff Driscoll has, is signed yeah, through 2021. His cap hit is 1.3, a little under 1.4, 1.37. And Davis Mills, like you said, he's on a one-year contract, but that's a, a rookie deal. Looks like a nice deal at about $5 million. So yeah. I see what you're saying. He looks, like, he looks like somebody that they had a lot of uh, faith in. You have to be drafted in the third round, number 67 overall. You have to pay Tyrod more. Number one, he's been a starter for several years. Number two, he's been around for 11 years. You, you have to pay him more. Number three, he's the closest thing to Deshaun Watson you're going to get. But if Deshaun Watson leaves, there's no need to keep Tyrod Taylor. They're ready to go pocket quarterback, Davis Mills, and whatever – look at this. Davis Mills, they drafted him. He's 6'4", 225. Jeff Driscoll is 6'4", 235. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> well, it's like no, no coink-a-dink there, eh? <laughs> I, I, can, I can see it coming. Well, see, Benny, they can figure out how to get something for. See, they don't want to let Deshaun go for free. They got to get something for him. They get something for him. He's out of there. And if he's out of there, there's no need to keep Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor will never be a starter anymore. His starting days are over. He's a career backup. You know where he'll end up? In Baltimore. <laughs> that, that's, a bold, that's a bold prediction. Remember what I'm telling you all this, so when it happens... Hey, it's on film, man. Okay. <laughs> you, you're saying it's all on tape. Yeah. That's what you said about the needle in the lung. You might not remember it, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is too funny. That, and you know something? I hear what you're saying about 
them wanting to get something back for Deshaun. So interesting. First of all, I was a little, I didn't quite understand why Deshaun wanted out so bad when he had an entirely new coaching staff. That could be part of it. Could have been, but that was the only black coach that got hired in that slew of coaches, and he got no press for that. We He's brought it new. up. Huh? He's still new. He's a first-year head coach. That doesn't make, mean anything's going to be bad. He has a lot. Of, he had a lot of experience. He might be a first-year yeah, he head coach. He had a lot of experience. Yeah. And he had a first-year head coach in New York with the Jets, and everybody ain't freaking out like he don't know what he's doing and all of that. But my point yeah, simply he, is that it was interesting. Defensive hmm? coordinator. There's a difference. Well, the thing was, I was just surprised that he was still pushing so hard to get out. Then you couple that with his situation, either civil, civilly or criminally. We don't know how that's going to end up. So his value, you know, is it, it's getting to the point where, yeah, you want to get something back for him. How much that, how much you can get with his current situation is going to be real questionable. So it looks like what you're saying is they're ready to rock and roll with somebody else, you know, one way or the other. They're ready to rock with somebody else, mainly because he doesn't want to be there. The other situation could go one way or the other. Yes, it could. But he doesn't want to be there. That they know. So they know they got to cut ties with him one way or the other. Now, has he done an Aaron Rodgers where he actually did, did not say this? Or I did believe he... he said he did not want to play for them. Okay. All right. Well, we know a lot of people ran out of uh, Houston, you know. Before these allegations came out. Yeah, I know. Conspiracy theorists are saying that that's why this stuff all got started, because he wanted out. And this lawyer that brought these women forward is an extremely close friend of the owner of the team. So when your star quarterback says, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, we got your black head coach. We changed over to that. I don't want to be here anymore. When he does that, that tells me, forget all this stuff you're trying to do. I don't like you, the owner. All the stuff you've done in the past, you've shown me who you are. So now you're trying to make up by bringing in a black head coach and changing the staff and stuff. I don't want to hear that. Will Fuller, gone. DeAndre Hopkins, gone. You, 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 you brought in freaking David Johnson. You're not, you're not helping me at all. You're not helping me at all. You set me up for failure just to keep me here? No, nah, bro. I'm gone. I'm out. So they know he's out of here. So they got to try to get something for They can't just let him go. He's still a valuable commodity. And there's teams out there watching the news every day, waiting to see what's going to happen with his situation before they start calling Houston and saying, we'll give up blah, 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 blah to get him. Draft picks, players, both. Money, equipment, blocking sleds. What do you need? Well... 
they're, they're, like you said, they look like they know what they want to do. What you said, though, about, <laughs> about this being a conspiracy coming down from the head coach, you sure about this? You want really want to put no, that out there, young the man? Coach. I didn't say that. I said the owner. I mean, from the owner. I'm yes. sorry. From the owner. This is a yes. conspiracy from the owner down that is, that is being wrought upon Deshaun Watson. So I'm not is, saying that it's driven by the owner, but it is being driven by a very close friend of the owner. The owner may not have been, you know, started this, but a close friend of the owner and a Houston Texans fan started this he ran out found these women and stacked them up and leaked the story for all i know the dude is just he's just mad <laughs> I, it's gotten real quiet lately have when's the last time you heard anything about this about deshaun and these women a week two weeks three weeks maybe maybe uh -huh. Maybe. No. Mm -hmm. All he right. Like, he sounded like he had him over the barrel when he first came out. It was looking funny. It was looking a little scary. And again, real quiet now. When you have a Deshaun Watson who, you know, who has access to all of the, the massage capabilities of his team, but he's reaching out on Instagram to women across whoever to get these massages done, that just seemed really, really strange, you know? So we'll have to leave it at that. Okay, enough for the Houston Texans. I was going to say Oilers, Benny. <laughs> you already had that, that flashback there, you know? Start singing, Houston Oilers. No, no, don't sing, don't sing. <laughs> Houston Oilers. You ready for the... Indianapolis Colts quarterback room. <laughs> you got a starter here, Benny. I just wanted to throw this out here because this, this can affect everything. The Colts are carrying a cap number, a total cap number over the period through 2024 of $98.4 million, averaging about 20 20 and 21 and 22, 27 and 23, 25 and 24, 26. All of that, we're looking at approximately anywhere from 10 to 13% of the cap going to one Mr. Wentz. Um, okay. So we'll start there. This one's Quarterback pretty, room includes Jason Eason, Sam Ellinger, and Jalen Morton. What do you got? So Sam Ellinger is a rookie from the University of Texas. Jalen Morton, I'm not going to pretend I know who he is because I do not. Jacob Eason has been around for a couple of years and has been with the Colts at least a year. So he's been in that quarterback room. He pretty much knows the playbook. At this point, I believe that the Colts are playing a dangerous game. It could pay off for them. It could blow up in their faces. But they are pretty much putting all their eggs 
in Carson Wentz's basket. I'm not going to say he's a shot fighter. He was looking that way when he was with the Eagles, but I believe he's young enough. He's only been in the league for six years now. I believe he's young enough and confident or self-confident enough that in a new situation with a coach that he likes and trusts, that he has a chance to turn his career around. If in fact he does that, all he has to do is stay healthy and the Colts will do well. If something were to happen to Carson Wentz, Jacob Eason will probably be the first guy off the bench simply because he's been there. Okay, okay. All right, just taking a quick look. Uh, Mr. Ellinger is signed through 2024. Uh, he's got a total cap hit from 2021 through 2024 of about 3.6 million. Uh, Mr. Eason uh, is signed through 2023. Uh, his total cap hit from 2020 to 2023 is about 4 million. So these are not big cap hits. Uh, so that's going to give them some some uh, wiggle room if they need to get away from Carson Wentz. But it looks like they really, like you said, they pretty much tied their boat to Carson Wentz. And it's either going to float or they're going to go down in flames. We shall see. Um, I have the, the most hope for Carson. I mean, Carson, his athleticism over the years is unquestioned, I think. Um, I don't know if it's at the level it was uh, maybe two or three years ago after you've added in uh, the different injuries that he's had. Um, but like you said, the, it's the thought pattern. It's, it's the decision-making um, that just seemed to break down. And I just remember so many times I kept saying, just throw the ball away. I mean, you know, under this tremendous pressure, you're right there, just get rid of it. And he wouldn't do it. And Carson Wentz went down. So that's going to be an interesting quarterback room. It will be. I, <clears throat> to me, Carson Wentz is kind of a, this might be, not be the right term, but he's a front runner. When things are going well, he plays really well. When things are not going well, he has a lot of problems. So he's on a team that's probably more fit for immediate success than the Eagles are and were. So that's a good thing for him. I think he'll play well. I don't know how well he'll play, but I think he'll play well, and I think he'll play well enough that if he stays healthy, the Colts will go far. That That is an interesting uh, question as far as his health is concerned. I think we both wish him well in, in terms of that. I mean, you know, it's kind of like we said with uh, Fitz, uh, I won't keep wanting to say Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, that, you know, hey, I think he could do well. And I think that, you know, Carson could do well because it's the mentals and it's that type of coaching relationship that I think he really needed. So we'll, we'll just, you know, wish, wish the best for Carson. All right. Who do we have up next here? We have the Jaguars quarterback room <laughs> with number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, right there, 6'6", 213 rookie. C.J. Beathard, former Niner, now sitting in that quarterback room. Jake Luton 
And Gardner, Gardner Minshew the second. Okay, so that's your quarterback room for your Jaguars. What do you have to say about that? So, so this was pretty easy. Obviously, Jay, uh, Trevor Lawrence is the starter, the future, the franchise, the everything for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner Minshew will probably be the first guy off the bench except I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to start the season with the Jaguars. I think he's going to end up probably with another team, which means that grabbing C.J. Beathard away from the 49ers was their backup plan all along. Uh, C.J. Beathard would be the first guy off the bench as the backup. Um, he's been a backup. He started games. He has won NFL games. He's been around. He shouldn't have any problem learning the system. I think C.J. Beathard will do well for them if, in fact, they need him. Obviously, they want to keep Trevor Lawrence healthy because they believe in his skill set and all the things that he brings to the table. I do, too. I think he's going to be a tremendous NFL quarterback as long as they keep him upright. Jake Luton, I don't have too much to say about him. He's a backup. Uh, I don't think he's got a lot of promise. Uh, the curious thing is Gardner Minshew. I believe they brought in C.J. Beathard because they don't expect to keep Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew has been a starter for long enough where he believes he should be a starter, and there's a possibility that he could be a starter for another team. Even if he has to go in as a backup, if he gets an opportunity to be a starter, he has proven that he can he can do it. Um, he's not as dynamic a quarterback as you would want. But when you look at the teams that he played on, he didn't have a whole lot of support. And there were games when he played really well and showed his potential. So he's still got an opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. He's only been in the NFL for three years. So his future is still out there. I think they will end up either cutting him, trading him, releasing him, whatever. A lot of stuff's going to happen after June 1st. So we'll have to wait and see because that's when teams can lessen their cap hits and all that stuff. But I, I'd say that they brought C.J. Beathard to be the, the guy off the bench. He's the, he's the backup. And you could do a lot worse. C.J. Beathard can, can win you some games. He can't carry the team, but he can win you some games. You, um, you said about C.J., you maybe, you know, when he did come in for the Niners last season that maybe with, if the team had been healthier, had been more functional, he might have been able to perform better. Absolutely. I've seen him perform better than he did last year. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, so you know, I wish him the best. Um, as I look at the contract situation, you got Mr. Minchu there, who signed through 2022. This year, he's going to have a cap hit of about 800, a little under 900,000. And next year, uh, 2022, about a million. So that's expendable money as far as contracts are concerned for a quarterback. Uh, the um, Mr. Jake Luton is coming in <clears throat> and he signed through 2023 actually um, they gave him that contract 
Uh, but he doesn't have a big cap hit, cap hit. 2020 to 2023, about $3.4 million. And then C.J. Beathard actually is uh, signed through 2022 only. Um, but they gave him a little more money between 2021 and 2022. He's at about 4.8, just under $5 million. So right. That's the same deal as um, – what's his face? As uh, That's basically the same deal as freaking Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting uh, connection there between the two. And I remember saying that, and I need to double check this. Let me let me just, as I'm sitting here saying this, um, Justin Fields, right? Right. I wanted to take a look at Justin Fields. I hate when I'm typing on two um, uh, different computers and I type into the wrong one. <laughs> I do that every once Oh, come on, bro. Hey, look, man. Carrying a lot here, but Justin Fields was signed full contract value of 18.8 million. Uh, the, he looks like he got about 4.7 up front. No, him and uh, both 18, him and whoa, 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 run that by me again. Contract value for Justin Fields 18.8 million. 18.8 million. That's contract. not right. Value for Trevor Lawrence, $36.7 million. When Okay, so what does contract value mean? That's the total contract if they were to play, you know, play it out in full. A lot of, you know, very rarely do people do that. We've seen in third, fourth year things happen. My point in bringing this up, and I made this point in a previous show, that all the negative forces, I think, that came to play when it came to Justin Fields, um, compared especially to Trevor Lawrence, really impacted the size of the contracts. When Justin fell, what did he fall to, like 11th or something like that? He was, yeah, number 11 overall. So the difference, just looking at contracts, even if you take the names out, number 11 overall got an $18.8 million contract Number one overall got a 36.79, just about eight, 36.8 approximately million dollar contract. And that's for how many years? Four, five? Yeah, that, that's pretty much a, a four year contract. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, 2021. And the, the way they do these contracts is, is they kind of pay them in such a way that uh, they don't even have that he's been paid, you know, that it carries through when I'm looking at this here. His cap hit is only six, is minimum six, uh, 660 million for yeah. 2021. So, you know. 660,000. Yeah, 660,000, I'm sorry. That's why they love these rookie contracts. Right, <laughs> you, right. You know, you know, but my point was, if you just look at just gross contract numbers, 36, almost 37 million, for the first pick, Trevor Lawrence, number eleven got eighteen million. So okay. that that negative aspect that, that that really pushed him down really impacted his money, and I, that was my whole point. This was the okay. point. But but let's remember, Trevor Lawrence was the consensus number one overall pick in the draft. Okay, Justin Fields 
was just out there floating in space. Nobody exactly knew where he was going to land. And he ended up landing in the perfect place. He ended up landing with the team that has had nothing but quarterback problems for the last three, four, five years. It's perfect for him. If he is who he says he is and who the people that believe in him say he is, and, and, and the potential that he showed at a major Division I college like Ohio State, if he pans out, bro, he going to get his money on the back end. Trust me. Trust me. If he can be a successful quarterback in the city of Chicago, a team that has been begging for a real quarterback for years and years and years, he's, he's, he's a made man. He's Al Capone up in that joint. <laughs> you know? Amen, eh? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's see who we have up next, Benny. Ah, yes. These guys need a quarterback, man. They need a quarterback so bad. <laughs> Kansas <Wow>. City Chiefs. <laughs> Chad Henney, Anthony Gordon, and Shane. Bucelli? All right, this, this one's easy. Let's get through this real quick. So Patrick Mahomes is 6'3", 230. They brought in a guy that's 6 feet, 210, and another guy that's 6'3", 201. Okay? But the first guy off the bench for them, if something happens to Patrick Mahomes, is Chad Henney. He's been there. He's done that. He's got 14 years under his belt. Okay. 6'3", 222. I can't remember the last time Chad Henney was out for an injury. He knows the system. He knows the coaches. He's the best backup situation you could possibly have for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. They're in good shape. Now, obviously, if Mahomes was to sustain a serious injury, just like any of these other starters out here, you would start to worry a little bit if Chad Henry, uh, Chad Henney had to carry them for three or four or five weeks or going down the stretch, going into the playoffs or something like that. But if he just has to pinch hit for a game or two, that's your man. Chad Henney's the guy. So Kansas City's in good shape. All right. All right. And they got that guy, Patrick Mahomes, man. He just, uh, I think he might be somebody someday. Well, I tell you what, he's got a couple injuries under his belt. They might seem like Knicks, but one of them was a bit of a turf toe. Turf toe ain't nothing to play with. My man um, Patrick Willis retired because of turf toe. So did Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever had turf toe? It hurts like a motherfucker. I don't yeah. think you can say that on YouTube, but in any oh. event. <laughs> <laughs> I'm don't sorry. worry this is not made for kids so don't don't sweat it too much <laughs> i'm sorry so i i get that it hurts this is this is the point that you were trying to make and yes. you so you've had it then that was my point you've had it yes the right to the yeah the big toe on my right foot what like, if you look at your toe, does it look funny? Does he, is it bruised? Is it I don't know. Let me look. 
You ain't got turf toe now. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no permanent visual damage. Permanent visual. But you know something? It's funny that you say that because somebody was talking about prime time's toes and somebody was jacked up. Yeah. It's, I tell you what, it comes from stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and your toe jamming in your foot day after day after day, year after year after year after year. That's what it comes from. And then you make that one cut, that one great move, and you're like, ah! And it's not a break. It's not a dislocation. It's just, it's just crazy. It just won't go away. It just won't go away. Okay, okay. When you, you might be able to ice and heat it and, and get through a few seasons, but when you start getting near the end of your career, you're like, I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> nah, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah, that's a con it's one of those constant pains. Right. Wow. Yeah, nothing like being in constant pain, man. That's crazy. Ah, here's an interesting room. Yes, the Raiders. The Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr coming in as your incumbent, being backed up by a one-time starter, Marcus Mariota, and Nathan Peterman. Oh, man. Okay, we'll talk about Nathan Peterman. No, let's not talk about Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Let's not talk about Nathan Peterman. I need a drink on that one. Nathan. Let's not talk about Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman, 6'2", 225, pretty strong arm. Don't think he has it up here. But you never know what can possibly happen when a guy gets a change of scenery, okay? He gets up under John Gruden. Who knows? He might become a serviceable, a serviceable backup. Right now, Derek Carr is the clear starter. There is no real competition. But if there was ever any inkling of a quarterback controversy, this team would have it. Bringing in Marcus Mariota is a bit of a dangerous game for the Raiders to play. Because I know, and you question this, but I believe that John Gruden really does like Derek Carr. I believe that John Gruden really does want to make this thing work with Derek Carr as his starter. But if there's any doubts in the back of his mind, those would those doubts would have led him to bring in Marcus Mariota. And Marcus Mariota is a threat to Derek Carr. I don't know if he brought him in to be sure that if Carr gets hurt, Mariota can carry on. I don't know if he brought him in because he wants to light a fire under Derek Carr. But whatever it is, uh, that makes this a, also a very intriguing quarterback room. Well, Derek Carr is costing them about 20 to 21 to 22 million, somewhere in that range every year, cap hit number, 2020, 2021. 2022, it's over, okay? So he's got uh, this season and next season in terms of being a, a uh, contract hit. Uh, his guaranteed salary ends in 2021 at zero. Mm -hmm. So uh, other than the cap hit, they're really not paying him anything. Um, when we look at Mr. Mariota, he has a one-year contract valued at 
3.5 mil. They gave him uh, it's a base salary, 1.75 and 1.75 uh, of a bonus. And we'll just mention Mr. Nathan Peterman has a one year contract at about a million. So he's just, he's there. Clip, clipboard holding, as you might say, and <laughs> just helping out. All I can tell you about this team is Derek Carr better not get hurt. Because Marcus Mariota is a real proud guy. He, he comes from that same uh, Pacific Islander type uh, group that Tua comes from. And I believe that if he had got, gotten selected by the right team, when he first came out of college, he would have had a lot more success. Um, unfortunately, he went to Tennessee, didn't have the kind of success we were expecting from him because I don't think the system fit him. But he's been around now long enough to, to be able to adapt to a couple of different systems. He still has running ability. He's over the injuries that he's had. He can still throw the ball. He doesn't have a terrific arm. But he's been around long enough to learn the ways of the NFL. If Derek Carr stumbles, gets injured, whatever, that could be it for him and the Raiders. Mariota's sitting primed and ready to take over. Well, we're going to replay this video because when this stuff that I'm seeing starts happening, we're going to go back to this. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's why it's on video, mister. That's why it's there. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Nathan Peterman, I know, uh, you know, when he was with the Bills, there was always that question, what would happen? So he's now there and as a Raider. It's amazing how these guys keep jobs, man. It is absolutely amazing to me. Um, quarterback, if you can get a backup quarterback job in the NFL, it's probably one of the best jobs in the world, man. Work hard get paid millions <laughs> and never have to worry about taking a step <laughs> in real You're action. basically doing it off of knowledge. Yeah. You get a chance to hang around long enough to learn a system or two, to learn how to be a professional. You know what I mean? You have value. Even if well, this guy that we're getting ready to talk about Hasn't been around long, but he has value. Mr. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. The Chargers with Chase Daniels and Easton Stick as the three quarterbacks in that quarterback room. So what do you got to say about Mr. Herbert, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers? All right, let me get Easton Stick out of the way first. Easton Stick, I think was the guy that backed up and then came in after Carson Wentz left. All right. Obviously he didn't make any noise in North Dakota state because everybody kind of skipped over him and went right to Trey Lance. So that tells you that he's not making no noise, but Justin Herbert is the real deal. Justin Herbert surprised a whole lot of folks. And it's crazy how it happened with the whole Tyrod Taylor and the and the needle in the chest and the punctured lung and all that, that forced him into a starting position. And he just 
road right to rookie of the year. Justin Herbert is the real deal. 6'6", 237. This guy is going to make a lot of money, and he's going to take the charges about as far as, as they can go. Their best bet is to build around him continuously for the next two or three years, give him everything he needs, and the charges could be in contention again very shortly. And Mr. Chase Daniel, another former backup with several teams, including your 49ers. Mm-hmm. I, you can't ask for a better backup. The so guy like Chase. You like Chase coming 13. in behind Justin. Yeah, he's got 13 years under his belt. You kidding me? Chase Daniels is a good-ass backup. I have nothing bad to say about Chase Daniels and C.J. Beathard. I really don't. Okay. All their backup work has been under duress. All of it. (laughs) Well, let's say this much real quick. Easton Stick has a contract through 2022. His total value from 2019 to 2022 is about 3.2 million. So he got paid some decent money. Um, and as we move over to Chase Daniel. Now Chase Daniel only has a one year contract. Uh, looks like the base salary was a mil, one, 1,075,000. Uh, his cap hit was only uh, 850,000. So. He might be. That's a bargain. They got a bargain. Yeah, yeah, he might be. And for what they're saying, he's getting. And of course, Justin's coming in uh, on a on a rookie contract. Now, interestingly, Ben, he was drafted number six overall yep. by the Chargers. Yep. So he was drafted higher than Justin Fields. Yep. That's interesting. That he made more money than Justin Fields. His contract was twenty six point five mil plus. Yeah, but you got to remember that was the year before. It was a totally different class. Again, like I said at the beginning of the video, if you're a quarterback and you get selected in the first round, especially high in the first round, if you don't play that year, you're the starter the next year. But they expect you to be able to come in and play. If the guy ahead of you falters in any way at all, and even if he doesn't falter, as was the case with Fitzpatrick and Tua, we got a timetable for you. If we pick you early in the first round, you're going to play the first year. Either the first guy's going to falter or game six, game seven, you're starting. So Herbert was going to start last year anyway, Tyrod Taylor's accident just kind of accelerated the process. Well, we're looking for big things from him. He's got a good team around him. He's got all the talent in the world. He just has to deal with that AFC, man. You got Kansas City and you got Altaysa. Some competition over there, the Ravens, the Steelers. uh, Okay, you know. It's all relative. It's all relative. I'm looking forward to that competition. That well, if you keep it simple and just look at the AFC West, what's where's the real competition? Kansas City and 
The Chargers? That's what I'm saying. What's the competition for the Chargers? Kansas City and? What do you got, the Raiders and Denver? Exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, he's right on the chart. He's right on the Chiefs' bonds. You got to get out of the. Got to get out of the AFC West. Okay, the Miami Dolphins, Tua, Tonga Vailoa. How'd I do? That was good. That was pretty good. That was good. I've been working. I've been You're working. <laughs> now I might mess up Reed Sennett's name and Jacoby Brissett's name. No, I'm just not messing up Jacoby. But that's an interesting backup, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know much about Reed Sennett. Do you have anything on him? Jacoby Brissett is going to – well, I don't have anything on Reed Sennett, obviously. Jacoby Brissett is setting himself up to have a very nice, long, and lucrative backup quarterback career. I can't hate on Jacoby Brissett because no matter where he goes, he always plays well. And he fits in in a lot of different places. Um, he's proved that he can learn a system. He can throw the ball. He can lead a team, either in the short term or in the long term. He's had the opportunity to do both. So having him as a backup is a really good thing. The problem is, I'm not exactly sure that the Miami Dolphins brass is fully sold on tour. And I know we're saving the whole 2022 draft uh, conversation, especially the quarterback draft, for a later video. But if Tua doesn't play well, the Dolphins are going to be uh, one of the teams that we're talking about that's going to be looking for a starting quarterback again. They're also going to be one of the teams that's going to be in the Deshaun Watson running if, in fact, uh, or if and when he's able to get out of Houston. The Dolphins are going to be the – they're going to be right up front trying to get him if Tua doesn't play out. But if something happens to Tua, if he starts off, gets a rough start, or he picks up another injury because he's got a little injury tag on him, Jacoby Brissett is a safe bet to come in and handle his business. Dolphins are full of playmakers. They're, they're, they've improved their team tremendously. This would be a great situation for Jacoby Brissett if he has to come in. He won't be under duress. He won't be pressured to, to oh, you got to play great for us to continue to win. He's going to have lots of weapons, and he's going to know what to do with them. Well... From what I can see here, Tua got a pretty nice contract. Total value came in at thirty point two seven five million. So he got How many paid years? very nicely. How many years? Well, he's got the four twenty twenty through twenty twenty three, the four year contract. He's hitting them uh, on the cap at about. Eight to nine million, uh, 6.8 in 2021, eight in 2022, 9.6 in 2023. Yeah, so, a lot. Well, that's the cap number. I mean, but they're paying him if he goes through his entire uh, contract about 30 million. So that's that's not bad money for Mr. Tonga Vailoa. 
Uh, Mr. Senate came in, um, an undrafted free agent with the Buccaneers in 2020. He's getting paid about 1.4, a little under 1.5 million. Now, Jacoby Brissett, 2021 is his contract, $5 million. So he's got, that's what he's basically getting guaranteed, 2.5 prorated bonus, 2.5. More than Bridgewater, more than Mariota. (laughs) There you go. That's kind of in line with what you were talking about, isn't it? Kind of in line. All right. Next up, we have, let's see if I can get this together here because this is a very intriguing quarterback room uh, because of all the things that this team has done that they never do. Let me see, what did they do? They, they, yeah. they signed a lot of con- Yeah, they, they put out some big money. They're not the big money team. Matter hmm. of fact, their quarterback left because they wouldn't pay no big money. <laughs> you talking about the Patriots? Talking about the Patriots. <laughs> might have been some poor. There might be been some poor clues, but that's who we're talking. Yeah, about. I, I'm sure he had other reasons to leave. But this is an intriguing room. This is an intriguing room. First of all, <laughs> so they bring in Cam Newton. The wheels kind of fall off. Wasn't totally his fault. Then he caught COVID. So it was kind of a, a, a bad situation. Jared Stidham was there. They tried to pump him up to be the starter. As it got close to the season, they realized that he wasn't going to be it. That's why they brought in Cam. Now they grabbed Brian Hoyer as a backup. But this is kind of like, oh, what team was it that I said that uh, not a coincidence with the size and the uh, – I just said it, doggone it. But big this, you know Cam ain't going to be there long. You know Mac Jones is the quarterback of the future, right? <laughs> Mac Jones, 6'3", 217. Ryan Hoyer, 6'2", 216. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> well, okay. So... The thing that everybody that we all said about Mac Jones had to do with his ability to, to get through his reads, make those quick decisions, and get rid of the ball quickly. Just the kind of guy that the Patriots like. <laughs> right. They had a guy who used to do that very good. Right. Sam Newton is really not the guy that was known to be doing that, but uh, they they showed some surprising flexibility in adapting to Cam and what they were doing. So they had to give that to him. Uh, Jared Stidham. Stidham's been around now, what? How many years did they have him there for? Three. Okay, so there you go. And then Brian Hoyer, Jamie Christmas, 13 years. He's the only one who got more years than Cam. So what do you think about that backup quarterback room? Well, Brian Hoyer, career quarterback, uh, career backup. If something happens to Cam, 
chances are Brian Hoyer, Hoyer will be the first one off the bench unless Mac Jones does well in camp and learns the system quickly. I do not think that Bill Belichick will hesitate to start Mac Jones if Cam goes down. I think he'll go right. I think he'll stick him right in there if he feels he's ready. Now, how ready he'll be, I don't know. We'll see. Um, they got OTAs, full camp, um, preseason games. It depends. But if Mac Jones progresses through learning the playbook and being able to adapt to the Bill Belichick system, I believe that if Cam Newton survives, win, lose, or draw, they could be winning. Win, lose, or draw, if he survives to like all close to midseason or a little past midseason and somehow he falters or he gets injured, I believe they'll stick Mac Jones in there. And then they'll just back him up with Brian Hoyer if he falls on his face. I can see that. I can see that. Um, taking a quick look here at just some of the contract situations that they have here. Brian Hoyer is very interesting because they really, everything says zero. Um, his valuation comes in at 1.19 million, but um, I'm not sure what's going on with the 2021 contract. Everything shows zero. Jared's been there now uh, a while. He was uh, 2019. Uh, fourth round, 133 overall pick by the Patriots. And I think Jared Stenham was one of those guys that made me say, you know, uh, the Patriots are a really smart team. Why do they keep hanging on to this guy? <laughs> you, know, you can't bring him in and really expect to do much with him. You know, I just, I didn't well, see that. I originally thought that they could. I believe that they thought that the guy was going to develop and he was going to be okay and that they would live with him until they could draft another quarterback. But when they figured out that they couldn't live with him, that's when they went and got Cam. Yeah, well, they didn't get rid of him, so no, I got to give him something. He's still there. He's still he there. Now, it's just that he can't execute to their liking. But Brian Hoyer's been there. He's been there, he's left, and he's come back. So he knows New England well. Brian Hoyer is a great quarter, a great backup for them. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's on a volunteer contract, but I'm sure that this just needs to be updated. You know what I mean? So uh, it, that's an interesting group. But having, like I said, having Mac Jones there, uh, I think he'll develop quickly. I, I really didn't want him um, in – you know, and San Fran because I was still, you know, I believe in Garoppolo. They had you worried, didn't they? Huh? They had you worried, didn't they? But the guys, they kept trying to talk him into my my team, you know? It's like, oh, you know, well, you I, say. listen to me, man. I told you ain't no way they pass on Trey Lance. There's no way they moved from where they were up to where they went to take no Mac Jones. Ain't no way. What's gonna happen? Well, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that. I mean, you know, really, I'm I'm glad to hear that. So, 
I was glad, you know, I'm happy about Trey Lance. All right, we're about to wrap this up. We only got a few more teams. Let's take a look at the Jets. Now, for some reason, the Jets don't have their draftee on their list. And I don't know why. But let's look at Mike White and James Morgan. You got anything to say about those guys real quick? No, I do not. <laughs> ben, um, Wilson, what's his first name? This is the Zach Wilson Show from start to finish. Zach Wilson. Now, let, let me tell you, we have, we have something on our uh, Facebook page. I don't know if you had a chance to see it or not. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have to go to the Facebook page because you read these articles and you're like, really? But Zach Wilson, I did not know this. I didn't even know you could do, you could leave high school early and go play in college. I started looking it up and we've got some articles on our Facebook page that talk about this. And again, this is Ben and Barry on football. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, podcasts, and Fridays on WJRL. 953.com from 6 to 7.30. Okay. So he leaves high school early, goes to BYU, but comes back to his high school to go to the prom <laughs> with not one, two BYU cheerleaders. Move over, Broadway Joe Namath. Zach Wilson is in town. <laughs> Zach has arrived, and he is ready for the Big Apple, if anybody is. <laughs> now, you know he's a Mormon, right? Hey, it didn't stop him from bringing two cheerleaders to... No. <laughs> Mormons have, like, eight wives. Why wouldn't he take two girls to the prom? That's my well, point. You know, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of, I hadn't looked at it yeah. that way. Now, Heaven. wait a minute. He went to BYU. Are you saying that he is a Mormon? Yes. Okay. Having multiples, that's their thing. I know that's their thing, but I didn't know if he was a, a Mormon person. <laughs> Bro, he's a Wilson. Wilsons are Mormons? Wilsons and Youngs. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. I have to call my aunt. She's a young, find out what the heck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> I'm not surprised at this whole two girls to the prom thing. Evidently, he didn't get a chance to go to his senior prom. Is that how this worked out? I guess he did get a chance to go to it. No, no, I'm saying when he was a senior in high school. Well, he, he skipped, see, he went. That's what I'm saying. He never did senior year. He skipped as a junior and went straight to college. And went to BYU, right. Yeah. So, so he didn't come back. He came back because he didn't get a chance to do his senior prom. Right. But he didn't come back and get two high school girls. He brought two BYU cheerleaders. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Player, no. player, player. Guess what? He's built for New York City. Let's Move go. Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. Yeah, you're right. 
If he shows up with a fur coat on. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the playboy looks. He's got it all, man. And if he throws a couple of those crazy Mahomes-like passes that uh, which he they has the capability, they, like he did in his pro day. Which they claim he can do, which I saw him do in his pro day, yes. Yes. He will be, he will be the talk of the town. Zach, what can I tell you? All right. Let's move over to the Steel City. Pittsburgh Steelers. We know the incumbent, Ben Roethlisberger. We have Mason Rudolph. We have Dwayne Haskins and Joshua Dobbs. That is a crazy, crazy quarterback room right there. <laughs> Hmm. <sighs> so you said, you said now this is one of your statements. Okay. That Dwayne Haskins Haskins had one of those tremendous opportunities. Yes. Just like Jameis Winston down in New Orleans. Yes. Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger finishes yes. out this year, and now you have a real quarterback competition with Dwayne Haskins having a real good opportunity there to really fight if he's able to get his act together. Yes. Uh, I believe that. I still believe that. Joshua Dobbs has not made any noise while he's been down there. Mason Rudolph, I think, is a complete disaster. They know it. The Steelers know it. And that's why they took a chance on a guy who looked like he was a borderline bust with the Washington football team, and he brought him in, and that's Dwayne Haskins. 6'4", 218, can move, something they haven't had in 18 years. That's how long Big Ben's been there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it looks like the Steelers are ready to make the move into the modern era of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that can throw from the pocket from the pocket are not necessarily runners, but have the ability to run and have the ability to escape the pocket if they get in trouble. That's that's today's quarterback. Dwayne Haskins fits the bill physically. Whether or not he can turn his career around now that he's with the Steelers remains to be seen. But I think he has, they're going to give him every opportunity to do that. Uh, and, and if they do, and I've talked really bad about Dwayne Hoskins, Haskins in the past, but if he's able to turn his career around here in Pittsburgh, I, I would be more than happy. I, I don't have nothing against the guy, but he had one good year in college, and he came out, and he seemed like he was a bust, and all the reports about him were poor work habits and things like that. I hate to hear that kind of stuff. Don't waste this. This is this is this is an opportunity to for greatness. This is an opportunity for generational success and wealth for your family. You don't you don't take this lightly and blow it. And that seemed to be the road that Dwayne Haskins was going down. So I think that um, this is a great opportunity for him to take over a major franchise. Because let's face it, Big Ben's not going to last. If he lasts one, if he makes through this season, 
I'll be slightly surprised. If he plays next year, I'll be shocked. So Dwayne Haskins couldn't ask for a better situation. The setup for the setup, you know? Yep. I yep. mean, setup for the setup. You got uh Dwayne Haskins isn't costing him a lot of money, He's about nope. eight hundred and fifty thousand. So, you know, he has an opportunity to show. Mason Rudolph is about done. He's signed through 2022. He got some nice money. He got a total contract of a little over $6 million. Not bad, you know, for what he's produced. Um, yeah. And Joshua Dobbs is uh, hitting him for about 900000 That's about it. So they'll be very flexible in terms of having quarterback cap money. It'll be real interesting to see what the Steelers uh, do coming up. Okay. All right, so we're going to wrap up our review of the AFC quarterback rooms. We've seen some intriguing rooms. This last room, though, is not is an interesting room also, no doubt about it. Let's take a look at those Titans. Ryan Tannehill. Ten years in the league, obvious incumbent. Logan Woodside, two years in, and Deshaun Kaiser. Did I say that right? Four years in? Was it Deshaun? Not quite sure. In any event, there's no doubt about who, who, who the quarterback is there. But of the two backups, what do you think? I have nothing to say about Logan Woodside, so I'm not even going to pretend. Deshaun Kaiser um, came out of Notre Dame and spent a couple of years in Green Bay. So uh, that means he was up under Aaron Rodgers a little bit, so I'll give him some credit for getting a little knowledge from Aaron Rodgers. He's 6'4", 235, so he has the size. He has good arm strength. I remember watching him throw the ball. Deshaun Kaiser has the ability to be a good NFL quarterback and should be a fairly good backup for Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill is not a guy that gets injured a lot. He knows how to chuck and duck. He knows when to get down. And he's still on the rise as far as coming back from um, the early part of his career with, with the Dolphins. So I'm still looking for big things from Ryan Tannehill. But if, in fact, he was to falter, I will be very interested to see how Deshaun Kaiser does. I, I can't really say with confidence that Deshaun Kaiser can carry them for a game or two if he has to because I haven't seen him do it. You know what I mean? But I know he has the potential to do it. Uh but he really hasn't had an opportunity to, to really uh, show his ability. So this is a real uh, iffy quarterback room, if, if I have to give it a label. Uh, I, 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 obviously, Tannehill doesn't have a long or extensive injury history. So they probably took uh, getting a good backup for him a little lightly. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser has all the, the, the physical attributes and all that stuff. He just doesn't have the experience. So I, I, don't, I don't know how to read this one. I really don't. He could come in, 
if, if Tannehill goes down, he could come in and be extremely successful. Or he could completely fall on his face. I have no clue on this one. No they clue. don't have a lot invested in either one of those guys. It's, it's, well, I wouldn't because neither one of them is a proven commodity. Interesting, Logan Woodside is actually getting a little more money. He's a little under $1.4 million total contract through 2021. Uh, Deshaun through 2021 is only 920000 So he's actually uh, getting paid a little bit less. So you're right. They they. They're like uh, the Steelers. They don't have a lot of money investing in those backups right now. Iffy is a good term, I think, you know, for them. Um, but like you said, Ryan Tannehill has Derrick Henry. He does not need to do a lot of running. <laughs> That's going to protect him, keeping him from getting hit too much as long as they can keep out of, you know, obvious um, passing situations. So the funny thing is, Ryan Tannehill can run. Yeah, he can. But he very seldom does it unless he is really under duress and forced from the pocket and has a short yardage situation where he can get a first down or in the red zone. That's the only time you're going to see him take off. Other than that, he's going to find somebody to throw the ball to or he's going to throw it out of bounds. He, he, he's not taking sacks and he's, he's not taking big chances. That's how you stay healthy. That's what I want from my quarterback. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? right. That's what I want from my quarterback. Right. So, all right, man. I mean, who do you know who goes to a quarterback room for every team in the league beside Ben and Barry on football? No. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. No doubt about it. Okay, so let me again. This is Ben and Barry on football. You can reach us at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And podcasts for Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, and Spotify. Oh, yeah, can't forget Spotify. And this Friday, we will be on the online radio, W. JRL953.com. Tune in at 6. Run from 6 to 7.30. What you don't hear on the radio, you will hear on the YouTube channel because we get 90 minutes on the radio. And on YouTube, they don't care how long we go. So we can go as far as we want to go. As we begin to wrap this puppy up, Ben, you like my background? Yeah, what is that? The Oculus? I do believe. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I just travel around the world like this now. I just pop in. Yeah, it's cool. I've been, I've been hearing a lot of Eagles fans talking about going to the uh, Raiders game. Evidently, the Eagles play the Raiders in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a big, yeah, that's a big game. There, there. A lot of folks are talking about taking that trip. So don't be surprised if you watch it on TV and you hear more cheer for the Eagles than you hear for the Raiders. Because you know, you Eagles fans. That Super Bowl. Didn't, didn't that happen in the Super Bowl? Yes, Eagles fans do travel well. I will say that they travel well and they're very boisterous. So this, this one is on everybody's calendar and uh, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a big deal. So you like my t-shirt? Yes. Jimmy Hendrix. Shout out to my niece, Tanya DeVoe. She, uh, her and her husband, Donald gave me this t-shirt. It's a hand painted Hendrix. And uh, I don't normally even wear it. <laughs> that's just normally. That's beautiful. No, that's, that's around. beautiful. 
Yeah, good. yeah. So I don't want to get it dirty and anything like that and get anything, <laughs> you know. I, I never had it is. I got a John Coltrane t-shirt and I never wear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's really weird that, that that works that way. But okay, I got a couple of these. So, yeah. uh, you know, but she takes good care of me. So thank you very much, my niece. I love her very much as I do all my nieces and nephews and family. Okay. <sighs> Mr. Dickerson, I know you want to get to your Sixers. Is halftime over yet? Yeah, halftime's over. They're in the third quarter. I think it's like eight minutes left. Uh, it's a commercial right now, so I'm not exactly sure what the score is, but they're up like 15. I this do believe that uh, Trey Young is uh, is in uh, New York now. Um, uh, is that game the I'm not sure what that situation is. I think that game's running now too, isn't it? Is it? I do believe. Oh, man. That they had one that started at 7 and one that started at 7.30, I do believe. So, uh, anyway, we're, we're all excited about playoff basketball. That's my second favorite sport, probably. Not probably. It's my second favorite sport. Mr. Dickerson's a pretty big uh, basketball fan. We've done some historic basketball games together. Oh, God. Bro, that reminds me. I was in the bar last week after our game, and um, we were talking about old school basketball, new school basketball, and arguing back and forth with the young guys. And I, I told them, we were there through the George McGinnis years. Ugh. We were there when Daryl Dawkins' brother came out of the stands and tried to help him beat up Maurice Lucas. <laughs> we were there. Magic Johnson's rookie year. Remember we were sitting in the stands watching the tunnel to see if Kareem came out? Because the rumor was that he didn't make the trip because he was hurt. And we kept saying, oh, he's not coming, he's not coming. And the game was going to restart. He's not coming. We're going to win. And Magic scored 42. On <laughs> Magic who played is that guy? We're like, who is that guy? Like Magic played center. I'm like, he's not a center. He's a point guard. Oh, we were there for all the heartbreak. Yeah, we, we, we were there when everybody left as we were still sitting in the chairs going, what I happened? Told, I told my boys that. I was like, the place was cleared out. The spectrum was empty. Yes, the spectrum was empty. And me and you were sitting there in our seats <laughs> like that. You know, I never considered myself a fan of any particular team before becoming a fan of the Bulls. You know, just the whole concept of fandom was different to me. I was a fan of Dr. J. Yes, you know, I, yes. You there was no doubt about that. I, I absolutely love Dr. J. I was telling my daughter, I actually met Dr. J. Me and Mr. Tyrus Robinson, we were out with the wives having dinner downtown at a restaurant that had an attached bakery. And I don't rem remember what restaurant that was. But Tyrus looked over in the bakery and he said, there's Dr. J. And there he was. He had a hooded fur jacket on, right? Ordering some pastries. So we jump up, grab, we had nothing for him to sign. So we grab our, our um, bill, the bill that, you know, they give you. And so we run that over and we're like, can you get, you know, can we get your autograph? Can we get your autograph? And the lady behind the counter, she's like, you can't use that. <laughs> We're like, 
lady, that's Dr. J. She's like, what? Like, she didn't know, you know? <laughs> She's breaking out papers for all of us. We're getting, I have no idea where that autograph is. What? No idea where that autograph is. But I will say this much. I shook his hand. He had the biggest, softest hands. Like his hands had never done one iota of manual labor ever. <laughs> and your hand and your hand disappeared. Disappeared. I'm just yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. It was great though, man. He was great. Just great to have the opportunity to meet him. I've only met a couple real celebrities like that. The football celebrity that I met. You ready for this? You ready for this? Corey Clement. No, I'm just I'm You know something? I, 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 I did not include Corey Clement. I did not include. Who caught the ball for the immaculate reception? Okay, I don't know why. Because I know I know. Steelers Raiders, the immaculate reception, the running back. Mike Davis? Huh? Mike Davis? For the Steelers? Oh, Franco Harris. I'm Franco sorry. Harris. Yeah. I went to college with Franco. <laughs> well, see, you went to college with him. But I was downtown working one time when I was in marketing. And I looked down, um, uh, what, what's the, uh, one of the large streets down there with the hotel. And I see this big tractor trailer. It was a meat trailer. Mm. And I see Franco Harris coming out of the hotel. He was a representative of this meat company at some particular point. And I recognized him right away and I pulled out my business card. I don't know where that is either. And I know, I know, what can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> You're horrible. Man. And I go up to him and I get to get his autograph. Great guy, no problem, man. He's like pulled out the pen. He's giving me an autograph. This is the funny part. Two young ladies are walking up. They see me getting his autograph. And the one young lady looks at him and he goes, I know who you are. You're Fran, Fran Tarkenton, right? Oh, no. <laughs> he starts laughing and he goes, no, but I wish I had his money. Uh-huh. It meant uh -huh. nothing to me at the time. I just thought it was funny. But, but you understand it now, though. As a representative for Legal Shield, who used to partner with Go Small Biz, which was founded by Fran Tarkenton, I find out now that he was a serial entrepreneur, was making money hand over fist after football. Franco knew it. I didn't know it at the time. But it was funny that he said that. And then years later, I wind up actually marketing services for Fran Tarkenton. So. Sure. Great, crazy, crazy world this is, man. All right. I'm going to let you go for basketball. Last word goes to you, Mr. Dickerson. Uh, Atlanta is up on the Knicks, 45-41. Three minutes left before the half. And the Sixers are up. Uh, it's commercial, but they were up 15 the last time I looked. They're in the third quarter. Third quarter is just about to end, I believe. So I all is well. Good chance they'll sweep. I believe that. All is well. I believe the Sixers will sweep. I believe New York will bounce back and win this game. 
Ah. So enjoy the basketball playoffs. But we will be back to talk more football. Probably. Let me mention real quick. I did not mention Memorial Day um, on uh, yes, our online radio station. We're going to have a special one-hour show. Yes. You want to tell them what you're going to be doing, Mr. Dickerson? Well, I, I, I was just getting ready to say we will be back probably sooner than people will realize. And we're going to do that Memorial Day thing. And when we do, I will have my NFL 2021 power rankings. My personal power rankings has nothing to do with the Sterling net point power rankings. This will be my power rankings, but we will save them and see how they line up when the season gets ready to start and we talk about the Sterling net point power rankings. This is a first, ladies and gentlemen. This is a first. All right, Mr. Dickerson, last word. That's it. All I got is go nose. <laughs>